What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saints sitting here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You are on the road to rock. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin, the lead singer for the band Mr. Big, and you are on the road to rock with Clint Schweitzer. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint, and for you to allow me to do it with you. God bless you. God bless the heartland. God bless America. You are now on the road to rock. It's not just a podcast. It's an unabashed celebration of rock's living legends. And now, please welcome your host, the master of your rock and roll road trip, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to the show. It's been a while. The last time I think we did this, man, it has been, Joel Hulkster's 13 had just come out. That's how long it's been. All right, right on. Well, welcome. I'll tell you, I don't have a lot of voice left, Joel. I've been covering the Super Bowl in Las Vegas all week. I'm from Kansas City, diehard Chiefs fan. It's been it's been kind of a week here, let's just say. All right. Well, congratulations. D- who do you do you have a favorite team that you cheer for? Uh, I grew up in the Chicago area, so it's still the Bears. Which I, are you know, fairly irrelevant. <laughs> that's not you know what 1985. I just interviewed Jim McMahon actually this week at uh, one of it. He had a celebrity golf tournament there in Vegas. So good to catch up with him. Iconic. And you, I mean, the Bears will get back there some, they will, it'll happen in our lifetimes. Yeah, I got to uh, meet some of the defensive players um, at a corporate event that I did. Um, so I got to meet uh, Dan Hampton and Steve yeah. Michael and uh, Otis Wilson. So that was fun. And, and got to kind of hang in the same dressing area and just, you know, talk to them for a while casually, which was fun. Just that's, yeah. I mean, one, it was still one of the most, uh, I, 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 you know, if not the best defense ever, certainly way up there and uh, most entertaining defense for sure. They were so fun to watch. Yeah, so much so that Mongo McMichael went on to be a WCW pro wrestler with the four horsemen. I mean, and he's uh, struggling right now and thinking about him. He's, uh, I think, up for the Hall of Fame now, and hopefully that happens. He's well-deserving. And Joel, it's an exciting time. I mean, I'm glad to be getting back and talking some music. I'm I hate to say this, I'm I'm a little sportsed out over the last week. It's been crazy. So to talk some music and one of my favorite bands, Revolution Saints, new album Against the Winds, it's out now. Just when I think that that Revolution Saints can't possibly top what they've done before, you guys are able to do it. I'm ahead of you. I got the graphic ready. All right, right. You got on. the CD in hand. That's awesome. What another great effort. This is a great album. I I don't know what to say. It's awesome. And congratulations. It's really good. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I, I think it's uh, something that maybe two, three years ago now, uh, Frontiers reached out to me and gauging interest. I think that uh, Jack Blades and Doug Aldrich just were kind of feeling like they'd run their course with it. And Doug is busy with the Dead Daisies and Jack is busy with Night Ranger. And um, I think Dean and the label wanted to keep it going. So we formed a Mach 2, if you will, of Revolution Saints with Jeff Pilsen and myself stepping into those respective roles. So, um, you know, I mean, once, uh, once I found out everything was cool with Doug and that Doug had actually kind of said, you know, get Joel to keep it going. Um, then the only decision was, I mean, do I want to play guitar with Dean Castronovo and Jeff Pilsen? And I think for most guitar players, that answer is a guess. So. Oh, right. Dean, I've had him on. We've talked about many things here. Um, on the show with Dean Castronova, who I have just the utmost respect for. 
of course, you guys released Eagle Flight last year, and that's when we talked to him last. And, you know, his vocals, um, just talk about like what that was like and what your respect level is when, when you hear him sing. Obviously, he's a drummer. He's the drummer in Journey. But to be able to carry this over, and I remember hearing, you know, the uh, Revolution States album, the one that before you came in with Jack Blades, still uh, in the band of Doug Aldrich, that his vocals just blow me away. And and talk about what it's like working with him kind of as a vocalist. Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. He definitely belongs in the discussion of best rock singers out there today. And he gets wow, left yeah. out an awful lot because of being a great drummer, like you said. So people think of him as a drummer when they talk about the great drummers. He's in that discussion. Uh, but he gets left out and forgotten a lot of times as far as the singing goes. But he's up there with anybody. Um, he's really incredible. Um, it's impressive when you record these albums. Uh, each time they've essentially been done with demo vocals on there uh, when I've recorded my guitar track. So it's cool to get them back when you hear Dean's vocals on there and everything's mixed, how much he's elevated everything just by singing it. You know, um, it's it very very impressive how much he takes a song and takes it from here to here with his vocal abilities we'll just talk about the process of making this album obviously you talk about all three of you have busy schedules jeff pilson's been out with foreigner doing just a massive uh, kind of farewell tour and he's also been injured he's had this back injury and and kind of even struggled to, on stage he's had to be kind of seated um just talk about how you were able to to kind of do this because you just released an album a year ago and Obviously, to be in a position to do another one back to back means there was a lot of interest, a lot of good feedback from the fans and from Frontiers to be able to kind of churn another one out in this uh, short order of time. Yeah, I mean, I think that Revolution Saints is definitely something that Frontiers is heavily invested in. It's kind of their baby in that, um, you know, they usually have Alessandro Del Vecchio co-writing mm -hmm. people to co-write these records and um, it's an interesting experiment just in that, you know, on Joel Hoekstra's 13, I go from writing every single bit of it, the riffs, the lyrics and the melodies, everything to this simply being something where my job is to lift the level of it just by the performance. Now, that might change on the next record. I think that Jeff and I are going to do some writing for the next record um, for for Revolution Saints. But um for the time being that's been the the uh i guess system that frontiers has worked in and it's a great experiment i mean i enjoy making music in all capacities and kind of experimenting to see how things come out so um you know alessandro is a very talented guy and a great writer and, and he lays everything out for us in demo form and then we just kind of isolate our parts and then we go okay well here's how i would play it or try and lift that um, try and make it a bit better. And um, certainly solos and stuff, I just pretty much do my my own thing. Um, maybe quote a melody line from the song here or there. Try to try to mix up, you know, melody and, and having a bit of flair and fire to it as well. So it's not just, um, I guess, you know, basic. Uh, people kind of expect that in the genre from the guitarists. And uh, so... Yeah, I think, you know, Jeff, it's the same way. Jeff does a lot of writing typically on projects. So it's different for both of us, but it's also really cool. I mean, people sometimes are, I guess, have a negative feeling about this approach, but uh, you'd have to discount an awful lot of great music that you've been listening to throughout your life if you eliminated external writers. And 
Um, you know, I always give the, the Motown example in these interviews and go, I mean, think mm. about that era. All those Motown songs weren't written by the artists themselves. And so, well, a lot of them were not. And uh, so we, we've definitely grown up listening to records made in that fashion. So it's, you know, uh, something that Frontiers is heavily invested in and that pays off. And when you're a part of it, because they get behind it heavily and uh, make sure that the album sees a lot of promotion, et cetera. So, and, you know, in general, my decision is like, Hey, I, I get to make music with Dean Castronovo and Jeff Pilsen. Like that's why wouldn't I do that? Well, there's something about this music and this goes back to early revolution saints that really hits with me. I love melodic hooks. I love great guitar work. It's simple, but it's effective that AOR album oriented rock, whatever you want to call it, the melodic nature of this is just, it's like, just, you know, what, what works for me. And I always say that this music, and I know we're in the winter, we're in February, but it's like summertime music, your guitar work on this. There's a few chords and let's see, I think it's from the, it's from the song, um, change my mind. And when you first hear that first guitar, it's like summertime. It's like, it reminds me of driving around at summertime, like longing for a girl that you, you don't know where you stand with her or something like that. You does that, does that make sense at all that this music kind of has a summertime vibe to it? Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy that, uh, analogy. Um, I, you know, I, I just go after trying to play for the song, like mm. with all of it. And then, like I said, try to balance that with a bit of guitar flair. Um, so the, the solos and the parts are not necessarily, your statement is not necessarily to prove how technically capable you are. It's right. trying to play for the song, serve the song, whatever it, you can do to kind of lift that and uh, make, make a lot of melodic statements. Um, you know, I grew up listening to that style of player uh, a lot. So that's, it's not a stretch for me in the least. It's right up my alley, honestly. Um, I, well, I've worked a lot on my technique and stuff over the years and can dabble as a exclusive kind of shredder type. It's a lot more fun for me to just play for songs and, and play melody infused with some of that stuff. How difficult is it? Because as Revolution Saints continues to gain ground and popularity and you're churning out just amazing music and a lot of Frontiers projects are studio projects. It's what they are. But with the busy schedules you guys have, I know I've talked to Dean, I've talked to Jeff, everybody would love to do some Revolution Saints, some live shows. How difficult is it? And would you want to do that sometime? And could it happen? I would love to. Um, I think that would be amazing to get out on the road with these guys. Uh, Jeff currently has the, the farewell tour for Foreigner. Um, yeah. So that's probably the biggest hurdle at the moment. Dean's actually out, I think, with Journey as well right yeah. now. But um, he's has a few more windows, I think. So we've all talked about it and everybody's into it. Um, it just is a matter, I think, of when everybody's kind of freed up from some of their um, touring commitments for that to happen. But I, I wouldn't discount it. I think we're all looking to do it. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not a no go for anybody. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, I'm in. I just need the time to do it. And it would be tremendous. It's hard. To, it's just really would be a magical experience to hear a lot of these songs perform live. Cause it's, you know, as someone that loves live music like me and enjoys these albums as much as I have to bring that together would be just tremendous, especially given the, the players that you guys are. Uh, I think it would be 
would go over well. So here's hoping for that here in the next couple of years, Joel. We're holding that we're crossing our fingers here. Yeah, well, me too. I mean, I feel I feel like you do. So uh, I would love to have it happen for sure. Yeah, we're we're hoping so. And you know, and you'd already talked about it, that this is the Revolution Saints way. You've already kind of alluded to well on the next record. So you've already obviously started maybe some uh, collaboration on that, if you will. I uh, definitely put in some song ideas to Alessandro, and I think it will be probably Jeff and I kind of sending in ideas and co-writing with Alessandro on it, uh, more or less. But I think, yeah, I, I mean, that's the plan, at least for now. We'll see how it all comes to fruition, but that um, that's definitely the plan to have Jeff and I do more writing on the third one. Amazing. Uh, you talked about sort of the promotion and how Frontiers has just sort of cornered the market on this 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 style of music, if you will, and it's able to get it out to the masses and it's able to make these albums popular and relevant. And a big part of that is the videos. Uh, you guys have done, what, three videos for this? Against the Winds, Fall on My Knees, and Changing My Mind. Talk about the, the importance of the videos, for one, because they all do so well, so many views on YouTube, and get people interested in these albums, and then just kind of the process of making the videos. Um, yeah, I, I think that the videos are definitely a important element when it comes to promoting an album. Uh, I've experienced the opposite side of that with Joel Hoekstra's 13 at times for unable to make videos to support it. So it's cool to, ha to have that outlet. Um, it's just something where we usually all just meet in LA and shoot them over the course of a day or two. Uh, I think the Eagle flight, we actually were super ambitious and there were five videos. So that might have been three days or four days. We worked longer wow. on that, having those come out. Um, in terms of the video, the the album were you know the work was equal. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great opportunity for us to connect and hang and talk about things like the possibility of playing live and just kind of focus on the music itself for a little bit. And yeah, to touch on what you said about Frontiers, um, they're they, they they take a lot of flack, but I I like to point out to people uh, where would the scene be without them with what they've they've been doing over the last ten I've, I've been working with them since 2011 I think was the first record I was on with Frontiers with Night Ranger um, so I've been working with them for 12 13 years and I think that they've done a lot for the scene in terms of getting music out there and you know, making it available. Some people, you know, get frustrated that some of the recording projects don't become live. But I also think that as you see the, the, the 80s bands get older and experience a lot of lineup changes or health issues and uh, go into retirement, that you're going to see a lot of these projects kind of step up because a, a lot of people like myself, I was too young in the 80s. I was in high school. So I, my time came after that with, you know, Night Ranger and Whitesnake, et cetera. And so getting out and, and playing live, the fans actually start to embrace people like myself who come in and then you've been around long enough that they, they feel like they know you and they, they want to see you. So getting, I think that you're going to see the level of some of these projects, um, the, the level of importance for them increase as you see some of the older bands retire and, um, just, just my theory on it, that I think you get higher festival billing and things like that. And it makes it more feasible to actually get out and do it. 
well, and for me, it's become almost kind of a subconscious thing because I try to 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 listen to to new music when I can. I try to seek it out, but it's not always easy. Frontiers and and the projects on Frontiers and the bands that I know that I can count on from Frontiers, it's become like a source of comfort. It's like comfort food for me. I know where to go. I know, and I'm in constant contact with you know some of the PR people from there. I'm always they always send out the demo. They always send out the album. I get it. I can listen to it easily right there. Just listen to the entire Revolution Saints Against the Winds album. It's tremendous. So they're doing a great job in that regard. So you will never hear a bad word about Frontiers for me. It keeps me engaged in new music more than any other label or more than any other entity. So it's important. And yeah. I mean, Jeff Pilsen, he's got like five Frontiers projects right now. I don't know how he sleeps. I mean, I, I get it. The fact that people look at the old way the music industry worked where a band would make an album and then they would tour um, but they also saw a lot of money and had a lot of money behind them for that so we're in a new model of the way the the music industry works for musicians and pretty much everybody i know is a part of at least a few two or three things i i don't know too many people that are just a part of like one band a couple of my friends are but you know if you're able to uh be a founding member of a band and write music and then that can just be your band period um however most of them at some point in time still say i'm going to put out a solo album or a side project or something so um it, you know fans like the the thing where there's a band and that's the only place you see those people is in that band and that's the band you can identify with um and i, I totally relate because that was the way it worked when we were kids um, however, I also think back then you used to say, wouldn't it be awesome and incredible to see this person from that band play if you put together your, and so, you know, Frontiers makes that a, a reality. They combine a lot of people from different bands and you get to hear them with other people. And sometimes the chemistry is there and sometimes it's not. Um, I feel like in Revolution Saints, it is. I think that yes. our styles all mesh really well. Um, we, we all understand what we're going for with this music in terms of the sound and the style. And um, we line up great and we, we do have personal chemistry. I mean, we all toured together in 2011 when I was with Night Ranger, the tour was Night Ranger Foreigner Journey. So we spent a lot That's of right. time. That was a really long tour. And I ended up actually on that tour, Mick Jones uh, fell uh, ill for a little bit and I filled in for Foreigner on very short notice. So Jeff and I had a bonding experience over that. I think I had a, you know, basically 24 hours notice to get their set together and go <laughs> on with them. And so that kind of uh, blast furnace, uh, stressful experience really led to a cool bond with him. You know, like it was, there was the moment of you did it, you know, <laughs> holy crap, you saved the tour kind of vibe to, you know, uh, just really spending a lot of time on the road that year together. And, and those both guys have always been great to me ever since I met them. I, I think I met Dean before Jeff because Night Ranger actually did some opening for Journey before that 2011 tour. I think it was probably about 2008 or nine that we were on the road together. So Dean has always just been, um, I mean, he's a ridiculous talent, but he's also like incredibly humble. Like he would come into a Night Ranger sound check and be doing the, I'm not <laughs> kind of thing. I was like, dude, come on, you're in the headliner. You're, you're in Journey, man. What are you doing? Uh, but always very humble, very nice, always always a musician first. You know, I grew up listening to both of these guys. I mean, 
uh, I was listening to Jeff play with Dokken when I was in high school, when I was a teenager. Now, Jeff was a kid, too. I'm not trying to make him sound old. All these these guys were like famous when they were in their young 20s, et cetera. So um, certainly Jeff with that and then watching him with Foreigner over the years. And um, Dean, you know, a lot of people don't realize was a part of the guitar record scene the shrapnel scene and played with tony mcalpine and marty friedman etc so I, I grew up hearing them on those records so both of these guys were larger than life to me at one point in time in my life when i was in high school looking at them like that was you know the unattainable so it's cool to be making music with them on multiple levels not just because they're great musicians and great guys but also because when i was younger i, I looked up to them and thought i'll never have the opportunity to play with people like that Joel, how important is it to you to kind of have these different avenues to to flex your creative muscle? Because you do a lot of different things. You wear a lot of different hats, whether it be Cher, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Iconic, Joel Hoekstra's 13, Whitesnake. To be able to have these different avenues, you said, you know, you don't know many people that are in just one band. So for you, do you feel creatively fulfilled um, with all these different projects? And I don't know, is there, yeah, is there like, a ranking system or you're like, Oh man, this is where I really, get, you know, the big crowds you know, out there with share 20,000 people. This is great. White snake. Everybody knows these songs. This is iconic music. But when you're maybe on a smaller scale, but get to do more and be more free, do you, how do you, how do you compartmentalize it all basically? Well, just kind of prepare for each opportunity and, and do your best at it as it happens. And certain things stick and certain things don't in music. You know, that's the way it works. I've kind of always operated on the system of hard work and just giving my all to everything as opportunities present themselves. And you'll end up where you're supposed to be if you just kind of do that and stay true to that. So that that is definitely the case with me. I mean, I've got a lot of different things going on and extremely busy um, the other upside to that that a lot of fans don't necessarily recognize is that as musicians, we're always looking to get better and improve. And you do that by actually playing music and doing a lot of it. So every day is something on guitar for me. I mean, today I'm going to wrap up a session and I'm going to practice the songs that I have you know, coming up for Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And uh, do cameos. And these are just things that every day you just kind of like, I have musical tasks and things that help me to improve. Um, I'm writing the next Joel Hoekstra's 13 album. So I have to get those songs tracked, uh, this, at least the scratch guitar tracks and off to Vinnie Appice to start the, the process of that record. So there's always something every day and I'll, I'll be working on Accept tonight as well, um, because I, I'm going to be filling in for them. So working on their music and um, that's all stuff that helps you become a better player at the end of the day. And, and that's something I'm very much interested in, you know, like not just making a living. People sometimes just think, oh, well, he's just, you know, off making a living playing with all these things. But a lot of it is just trying to be good at what you do. Man, that accept thing is going to be awesome. You know, it's um, I would say that uh, in, in accepts the last, oh, you know, 12, 13 years of accept music. That is some of the best metal guitar work. I have heard. And so tall task ahead because that stuff, man, it hits. They are firing on all, on all cylinders. That's going to be an amazing gig for you, Joel. I can't wait to see how that turns out. How did that come about, by the way? Um, basically through Michael Cardelloni um, from Leonard Skinner, and people would know him also from Damn Yankees, of course, uh, back in the day. Uh, Michael was with Wolf Hoffman and 
Wolf, I think, was saying, I'm going to need somebody to fill in. Our guitarist can't, can't do the South American tour and the, the European festival uh, tour over the summer. And, and Michael said, well, I got your guy. He said, Joel Hoekstra. And it all happened really, really quickly. So Wolf uh, and I were connected with, by Michael via text. And it was just kind of a Wolf meet Joel, Joel meet Wolf. And then next thing I knew, I, I said, well, were you out of Nashville? I said, great. TSO is coming to Nashville. I was out with Trans-Siberian Orchestra at yep. the time. He said, we'll be in Nashville in a couple days, a few days, something like that. And he said, well, let's have coffee. And we got together and we had coffee and we talked about it and everything sounded great. I mean, it makes sense on both sides. They need a guitarist to fill in. And I really want to get out, get back down to South America. I haven't been down there in four years now. Uh, last time I was down there was with Whitesnake and um the european festival circuit was something that was like just frustrating not to be a part of last year at all in any capacity so i was like heck yes i want to get up and play some of those huge shows and get out in front of eighty thousand people or whatever at the valkens and the sweden rocks etc and um so all sounds good to me to get out and do the festival circuit and get back down to south america with them and uh like you said wolf's a, a great guitarist they've got a great sounding live band there um they're a well-oiled machine so it's gonna be fun to step in with them and just kind of do what's right for them i'm not people think i'm gonna try and reinvent the wheel or something with it i'm not at all i'm just gonna go in and you know treat it like it's their world and i'm their guest and like trying to make them happy during it, make the fans happy. All that comes before me and uh, just play it down. It's going to be tremendous. Uh, and before we get you out of here, Joel, and we want to remind everyone, the new album Revolution Saints Against the Winds, it is available now via Frontiers Music. It is tremendous. It's uh, We're early. We're early into 2024. It just started. I, I ha I'm not a prisoner of the moment typically, but this is my album of the year. I, I'm 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 calling it done right now, Joel. I'm calling it. So well, thank, it's great stuff. So yeah, it's it's been incredible to see the reviews online, and um, there's a lot of really really great reviews for it. So uh, it's very exciting, and changing my mind is definitely getting some serious radio airplay um, in markets, and it's fun to see something from this world actually get some commercial uh, success and and. Um, yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you helping us out. All right, Joel, take it easy. Have a great uh, spring and summer out with Accept. Always busy, always putting out great, uh, great music. And we always appreciate you, Joel. Thanks a lot, my friend. Right back at you, brother. Thank you so much. You bet. I thank love you. Your blood, I love your blood sport shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. Just That just came in the other day. I love it. Yeah, it's perfect. Cinematic. 35 year anniversary. <laughs> at its finest my friend i got yeah. the poster back there too i mean i don't know i'm a i'm, a, I'm an 80s guy what do you say <laughs> thank you man right on dude have a good one thank you so much